Hey, beautiful. Welcome to the Pineapple Principle Podcast. I'm Sherry Steele, your host, and I'm excited you're joining us. I want to help mentor you to be all Christ has created you to be. Standing firm, suited up in your armor, owning your identity in Christ, or as I say, owning your crown and loving like Jesus. If what you hear encourages, uplifts, and makes you want to dig deeper into your relationship with Jesus, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen and follow us for more encouragement on Instagram at Pineapple Principle. Now for today's show. Hey, Catherine, welcome to the Pineapple Principle podcast. We are so excited that you are joining us today and sharing your story. We would love for you just to tell um, our listeners, our community, a little bit about yourself. And I always like to ask, what is one thing you did as a teenage girl that you love doing? And do you still do that today? Thank you so much, Ms. Sherry, for inviting me. I feel very honored to be on the podcast today. So um, like she said, my name is Catherine. Um, I am 33 years old. And the one thing that I really liked to do when I was a child, I love singing. And I actually adopted that from my mom. She had singing lessons when I was younger. So I would go with her and I would try to mimic her voice. So I loved singing and I still sing to this day. Um, my background in my family is from the Caribbean. So all of my family is from St. Martin, Anguilla, Guadalupe. So everybody loves to like sing, dance, anything theatrical. So, you know, when I was young, I would, you know, <laughs> I would dance around my room. <laughs> I would sing. Um, I love to write poetry. I haven't written poetry in a very long time, but that was one of the things that I used to kind of get my my thoughts out on paper. So yeah, like that's it. what I like to do when I was a kid. Yeah. I like it. I, I think we all performed in our bedroom as little girls at one point and, and maybe oh, teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had I had my little teddy bears as my, you know, as my audience and my Barbie dolls. And I would perform in front of them and sing all the different songs. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I may perform some concerts in the car by myself sometimes still to this day. But anyways. <laughs> same, same. That's, yeah. Um, but I'm not a singer. Um, I, um, you know, this May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And one of the things that we do here at Pineapple Principle, other than mentoring girls and helping them um, in their relationship with Jesus, we want to help them to have um, good um, mental health as, or as we're, we're, we're changing the, we're changing the stigma. We're calling it brain health. Um, we want to help them mm. with their brain health and to help them, um, to have strong brains and, um, not just in smarts, but in emotions and, you know, and, and to all the things that come across that you deal with sadness, depression, anxiety, overwhelmness, we all go through those feelings one time or another, but sometimes some of us are unfortunate. We, we get stuck in that for a while. And I am mm -hmm. so glad that you were um, introduced to me and that you are willing to share your story. So girl, just share your heart with us today. Just tell us a little bit about your story. Okay. <laughs> so um, I actually grew up in a small country town called Homerville, Georgia, and that's kind of where a lot of my um, depression and anxiety started. Um, I did grow up in a Christian home, so I was very privileged to have both of my parents um, in the home and my sister. And even though I grew up in a Christian home, knowing Christian values, knowing about Jesus Christ at a very young age, 
I still dealt with a lot of obstacles. Um, and so the majority of my obstacles were anxiety and depression, um, identity issues, people pleasing. And I actually dealt with a lot of racism as well, which um, kind of fueled my anxiety and depression. Um, but I didn't, I didn't deal with the racism from Caucasians. I dealt with it from African-Americans because I was different. Um, my parents are very proper. They taught us to speak proper. They taught us about taking pride in how you look and how you speak. And so, um, you know, I dealt with identity issues at a very young age that really fueled where my depression came from because I always felt like I didn't belong places. Mm. Um, I still remember to this day, and I was a little kid when this happened, and um, my sister and I went on a school bus and a young lady um, who was African-American got so frustrated because we didn't talk or act like she did. And she took her house key and tried to scrape the skin off of us to show that we were not black, mm. that we were in fact white. And that's where my depression stemmed from um, because I always felt like I didn't belong. I felt like nobody liked us. I felt, you know, I didn't know who I was. Um, and so, but even though I dealt with that, you know, my mom and dad, they always made sure to tell us how precious we were, you mm -hmm. know, how God has a plan for us, you know, things like that. So even though I dealt with that, I was always told by my parents how loved I was, how how precious in God's eyes I was and things like that. Um, I ended up moving to Florida in the early 2000s and that's when it got worse um the bullying kept happening and so my depression just went up and up and up along with my anxiety because I would be anxious going to school because I wouldn't know what I was going to deal with so that's when I started acting out of character you know trying to act like other people because I wanted to be accepted um and that further fueled my identity issues with my depression because even though I grew up knowing that you know I'm God's child I know that he loves me I was conflicted with, well, if I'm God's child and he loves me and I'm, I'm, I'm living in the purpose I'm supposed to live in, why do people hate me so much? Why do people not accept me? And so um, I ended up leaving my parents' house at 19 years old. And when I did, that's when things got real. So um, I went partying. I was drinking. I started smoking a lot. I did everything up under the sun to feel accepted and to kind of subside my depression because I felt if I was accepted, my depression would go away. Mm -hmm. I felt that if, if people liked me, my depression would go away. And so um, my people pleasing it, it grew. And that also fueled my depression because no matter how much I tried to people please, it was never good enough, obviously, you know? So my depression got worse and worse. Um, and the more I strayed away from my upbringing with God, the worse my anxiety and my depression and my identity issues became. Um, I started having really bad anxiety attacks. Um, and that was the pinnacle of where the suicidal thoughts came. Because I had gotten so low in my life. I just, I did not know who I was anymore. In my depression, I was hearing thoughts of like, God doesn't love you. Um you have no purpose here. What are, why are you here? You're just taking up space. No matter what you do, nobody's going to love you. Nobody's going to care about you. And it, it got so bad. Um, 
I mean, failed relationships, hanging out with the wrong crowd. I knew what I was doing was wrong, but I was so focused on trying to, you know, be accepted and trying to see if that would make my depression go away that I just kept going down, down, down into a rabbit hole. Um, And I tried to fill a void with everything but God, unfortunately. Um, I ran from God for years, for years. Um, And even though my upbringing was Christian, it had gone to a point where I was so depressed, I felt like God didn't love me anymore. Mm. And um, I just remember I was crying one day and I was just like, God, I can't do it anymore. I, 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 there's, I've done everything that I feel I can possibly do to make myself happy and nothing is making me happy. Um, no matter how many relationships I get into, it's not making me happy. No matter how much I drink myself to sleep, it's not making me happy. No matter how much, you know, stuff I smoke, it's not making me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so after running away from God for some years, um, I finally made the decision October 31st of 2021. I got rebaptized at um, Alive. And that was the point where I made the decision. I don't care how bad life gets. I don't care how hard life gets. I don't care if I'm kicking and screaming. I am not going back because I knew going back meant death at, at some point. Um, because my my depression had gotten so bad that day upon day upon day, I was just thinking about taking my life. And my parents don't know about that. My family doesn't know about that. But it had gotten to the point where I was just like, I don't want to live anymore. And so I knew that by making the step coming back to Christ, there's, all, there's only one way but to go up. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, there's nothing else I could do other than give my life to Christ, because I knew, even though I was going through that entire process of running from God, I still knew deep down in my core, he was wanting me to come back. Um, And so, you know, it's honestly the best decision I've ever made um, coming back to Christ. And I would say I went to Pio this year and I remember Pastor Tab was up on stage saying that, you know, the Holy Spirit was telling her to pray because someone was feeling suicidal. And it's funny because my friend, she had actually came with me to Pio. And when Pastor Tab said that, she grabbed my hand and she walked me to the stage. And I didn't want to go up, but she was like, we're going. And so we went up to the stage, we started praying and I started praying my heavenly language for the first time ever in my life. Mm. And, you know, the young lady who was praying with me, she brought Pastor Tab to me. And she said, this is the girl who is dealing with suicidal thoughts. So Pastor Tab looked at me and she said, sweetie, why? Why do you why do you want to take your life? And I said, because I just I feel like I'm always doing something wrong. I feel like I don't belong. And she just looked at me and she's with this very pure smile. And she said, sweetie, you're always going to mess up until you're in your, you're in your glorified body. Mm-hmm. But God loves you. And he has a purpose for you. Yes. And she started praying over me. And I just, I just remember taking a deep breath 
And when I breathed out, I was free. My body felt so light. It was nothing like I've ever felt before in my life. And I just remember feeling free. And I just looked at her and I said, it's gone. You know, this is something that I've dealt with since I was a kid. And I never in a million years thought that I would be free from depression. And I finally was. And so, you know, this road hasn't been an easy one. Um, the enemy still comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. And when he sees that you're free from something, he tries to send any and everything your way just to bring you back to that place. But I can honestly say, I'm confident in knowing that I'm free from this. And I realized that I would rather go through life in the will of God than go through life outside of the will of God. Because Man. in the will of God, I know that no matter what I'm going through, my advocate is right there with me. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that, that is, um, that's a, an amazing story. Thank you so much for sharing and being willing to open up your heart and share things with us that you haven't even shared with your family. Um, yeah. you know, that that's how the enemy is. Once we let him in our mind, he was telling you, you weren't enough and, um, that, you know, no one liked you and that you weren't worthy. And, um, and so you tried to mask the pain by being that party girl. And, you yeah. know, that, that's one of the things that, um, we really want to talk about is, um, when you have those feelings, you know, talk to someone, don't keep them inside that it is just the enemy who is trying to, you know, bring, bring you down because he doesn't want you doing what God has called you to do and the purpose that he has for you. And, and that's so true. What, um, pastor Tabitha Clater said to you is, you know, we all, we worry about being perfect, but we're never going to be perfect. Um, Absolutely. Until we do make it to heaven, until we're in that glorified body. Um, I know um, you and I attend church together and we recently had a life change video of a very wise woman who said, I'm not going to graduate until I get to heaven. And yes. <laughs> I loved that because we're not, we're never going to be perfect. No matter how hard we try, um, we right. will never be able to please all the people. I will, Sherry still will not always be everyone's cup of tea. And I'm a people person and I want to be everybody's friend, but I've had to learn. I'm just not some people's cup of tea. I, I, I'm a little too much for them or I'm not enough or, um, and, and that's okay. And, mm -hmm. and I, and I've learned that I have to be okay with that because when it, at the end of the day, I have my best friend and that's Jesus. And, right. and even though Amen. he's, and even though he's not physically, um, beside me, um, and I can't see him and touch him, I can always talk to him and I can feel him because of the Holy spirit. So I, Amen. I think that's one of the things that we need to focus on is, um, sharing making sure when we're feeling that way, that we share that with someone that we share our feelings. Like, do you, um, do you have any scripture in the meantime, from when you decided to get baptized until you were 
miraculously healed, basically. You were miraculously healed at the altar of those of depression. Um, was there scriptures or anything like specific that you went to in the meantime that kept you encouraged, that kept you going, that kept you from taking your own life from, you know, that was October and what pile was March, right? March. Yes, ma'am. So mm-hmm. there was absolutely, um, uh, typically is, you know, when pile is, is February or March. So unless, um, you know, those months in between there, you know, what, what kept, what kept you going? So there is a Bible verse. It is um, Ephesians 1, 5, and it said, God decided in advance to adopt us in his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And I want to stop there because when it says God decided in advance, that means God was thinking about me before I was ever thinking about him. Yep. And I feel like a person who's dealing with depression, a person who feels like they don't understand what their purpose is in life. They feel like nobody cares to know that God decided in advance to adopt us. That means we were on his mind before we were ever formed. Yes. And that is something that we have to hold on to. That's something that I had to hold on to is knowing that when I felt like I had no purpose, like God decided I have a purpose before I even knew what my purpose was before Mm -hmm. I was even formed. But the rest of that verse goes to say, this is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. Amen. In other words, this is God's will. He wants us. He adopted us. And so a lot of times when I was going through depression, I just felt like nobody wanted me. Nobody cared about me. But the Bible says this is what he wanted to do. Amen. That was his choice. When you adopt that mentality, that was God's choice. That means he chose me. He chose you. And you have to, I had to constantly remind myself that Kat, if nobody else in this world chooses you, God chose you. God decided to adopt you. He chose you. The almighty God, the God that wakes you up every single morning chose you. Amen. And at that point, I didn't care who chose me anymore. I had to let that go. Um, but it also, you know, I dealt with a lot of anxiety as well. And one of the verses that I read and that I, I tried to hold true to is Luke 12, 22. It says, you know, Jesus was speaking to his disciples. He said, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear. And then on verse 25, it says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? And then it goes on to 31, but seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. And a lot of times I sat there and I worried and and my worry turned into depression. Like I would worry about my life. I would worry about well, where am I going? What if this doesn't happen? What if that doesn't happen? And it would literally be a just a spiral into depression. Like, well, this is never going to happen for me. God is never going to do this for me. But what is what is worrying going to do? It's not going to add anything to your life. It actually robs you of the joy that God is giving you each and every single morning. When you wake up, he gives you fresh and new joy. And depression and anxiety is just something that robs you of that joy. Mm -hmm. So that verse just reminds me and grounded me to say, heck, what are you worrying about? What is that going to help the situation? Is that going to fix the situation? No, you are opening a window and a door for the enemy to come in and to rob you of your joy that God has given you for simply waking up in the morning. And so I had to keep those with me and I had to remind myself every day that 
God, God chose you. He chose you because he felt that you were important enough to be chosen. Amen. And if the God of the universe chooses you, it does not matter who doesn't. Amen. So, yeah. Amen. That's so good, girl. So good. Do you have anything else that you want to add or share that God's put on your heart for um, our community? I want to say um, to the young ladies that are in the new generation, the younger young ladies, um, drugs are not going to save you. Sex is not going to save you. Alcohol is not going to save you. Popularity, money, partying, none of that adds any value to who God has created you to be. Your identity is found in Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, you're precious. Your life has value. It has meaning. It has purpose. God did not make a mistake when he made you. Don't allow the enemy to make you think that you're worthless. Don't allow the enemy to make you think that you don't deserve to be here. Don't allow the enemy to make you think that God made a mistake when he created you. You were on his mind before he, before you were even conceived, you know, the enemy Mm -hmm. wants you to believe that you're, you're not supposed to be here. You were unplanned. You're, you're a mistake, but always remember that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So Mm, yeah. So good. So good. Hey, we always, I was a reader. And so we always end the um, podcast with a fun question, <laughs> but that was, <laughs> that was so good. Kat. I almost, like, <laughs> but, but let, let's, we'll hit this last question real quick. Um, I had three books I loved as a young girl, Little Women, A Wrinkle in Time and The Secret Garden. I want you to pick one of those titles and I'm going to ask you kind of like a life question based off of the title of the book and what the book's about. Um, I've never read this one, but A Wrinkle in Time. Okay, I good. I, this one, this is probably my favorite question to ask. Um, a Wrinkle in Time is about a 13, 14 year old girl. She actually travels to another dimension to find her dad. Um, but I want to know if Kat could go back to 13 year old Kat, what would you tell her? Mm. You like making people cry, don't you? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't. I mean, it happens. Oh. It happens in my interviews, but I don't. People say I bring it out, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one thing that I would tell my thirteen-year-old self is, "Cat, you are enough. You are enough. Who you are." who God has created you to be is enough. You know, you don't have to do all of these things to be accepted. This world will never accept you because of who is in you. You will never be accepted by this world and you should never want to be accepted by this world. The only person that you should seek validation from is Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the day, he is all that you need. This world will lead you down the wrong path and make you make decisions that you would never think you would want to make. But the only, the only way to truly know who you are is to seek Jesus. Just, Uh, just keep your eyes on Jesus. As long as you keep your eyes on him, 
you'll be okay. That's so good, Kat. <laughs> so good. Thank you, love. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and sharing your story. And um, you don't know how much I appreciate it. And I know that your story is not going to be just a blessing um, for our community, but your story is going to be bring beauty um, from ashes for so many other people, so many other people. So thank you for doing this, love. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> We hope today's show encouraged you and gave you a few aha moments. Most importantly, have you digging deeper into your relationship with Jesus. Make sure to check out the show notes for any scriptures or books we mentioned. If you love the podcast, please share it with a friend or on Instagram and even tag us. We would love for you to leave a rating where you listen to podcasts. It helps others to find us. We would also love to know who our listeners are, and you can do that by finding us on Instagram or our website, pineappleprinciple.org. Until next time, keep your armor on, own your crown, and love like Jesus.